It's cappuccino, comma, Pat, and this And this is, is Blanchette, Kate, you're a genius. This is cappuccino, <laughs> Kat, I'm a genius. Welcome to a little podcast Seek, we like to call Seek Treatment. Seek Treatment, now, this which is a podcast about boys, about sex, fucking, sets, fucking, dating, and love. I hate, first of all, I, I have so much to talk to you about. I haven't, we haven't talked in a while. We missed a week, and of course, of course, I will never, ever, ever forgive myself for missing a week, and I'm so sorry. But I'm so happy to see you. There's so much to talk about. First things first, I want to say, even though old Pat, even though you did something that young Pat would have done, which is tell our guests the wrong time zone for actually no reason. Well, okay. New, stop. New Pat did something beautiful, which is took initiative and still made it happen. And we're doing this episode um, We're without training wheels, aka our producer Allison is not on the <laughs> chat. So if, it, if you can't hear it, that's – and if, if you don't ever hear this, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. What I'll say is, Blanchett, I did Kate, say you're that, a genius. What I did, Jamie okay, Lee, all, you're all of us. I do think that I did. I was like, well, he's LA. Like, no one did correct me. And then even to him, I was like, okay, so it'll be um, one our time, ten your time. Is was what I said. So like, so he thought we were I, like, I take so he thought full, we were like in the middle of like the um, Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> well, he had, he, he had what's scientifically known as a brain fart as well. I mean, Ew, it's my I hate fault. That phrase. I, I really, you know, really hate that phrase. It's my fault. I take complete responsibility. Um, I'm proud of you. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I really I just was like, because be when, when you texted me this morning, I came in. I was like, Ugh, Brian's like, what? I'm like, Pat told the wrong time. And then when you were like, actually, I, we're making it work. I have the link. I was like, things are changing around here. Totally. Well, you know, I am trying to be an adult. Like, that was my – whatever. I can't say anything. But what? I'm trying say to, it. like – no, no, no. Uh, no, I mean, I, I'll tell you later. Why can't you say anything? <laughs> no, I just – because everything's through a certain lens right now. Oh, that's so interesting. Through the lens of of, of the Olympics? The, yeah, through the Olympic lens. Um, with what with Paris coming up and all. But I – um, uh, yeah, I'm just, like, there's so much about me that I just – I wonder if I'll ever be able to change. Do you know what I mean? I think you've already changed so much since I've met you. It's kind of amazing. But I'm still such a mess. It's no, so you're frustrating. Not. You're you're no. literally look when I when I met you, you didn't have a job or a penny to your name. <laughs> yeah. Now you have yeah, I you have, know. now you're stressed because you have too many jobs and you're looking and running better than ever. And <sighs> you are getting a little bit of something I like to call a kiss on the face. Um, so what I'll say is that um no, but even, like, my apartment is so messy I can't seem to clean it. Like, there's just certain, like, everywhere I go, you know, I feel like I leave this wake of of disaster. I can't. There's certain things about myself I want so badly to change, and I've tried for my whole life, and I think I never can, and it's alarming because I think it'll be really frustrating to anyone who 
it was unfortunate enough to find themselves in my kind of sphere. Do you know what I mean? That's how I feel about my my relationship with food. I'm like, wow, I've been trying not to eat this food for about 25 years and yet I eat it and then I complain and then I cry and my jeans actually haven't been fitting for 25 years regardless of what size I am. Yeah, I'm going to run that walk. I need to run that walk back to therapy because um, something is poking at my own insecurities around how I look, if that makes sense. Do you know Something's what I mean? poking. Do you know it's poking? Mm-hmm. It makes so much sense that that would poke, but I just feel whatever. So anyways, um, yeah, but- my running is not, this week has been a real bad week of running because of travel and like I just, for like six consecutive nights, I got like f- five hours and I can't do that. And like, I know. And then, and yeah, last week I fully broke down running wise and I, this was going to be a down week anyways, but I did my first little track, out, track workout yesterday and it went all right, but I think because I had that really good race in January, I got in this hole where I was like, leading up to that race, every workout was like very workout based. There was no expectations. It was like effort, effort based. And I just, and then once I ran that race, I was like, okay, well, if I could run 538s for 10 miles, then like every workout needs to be at this pace. And that's what I should be able to do and whatever. But I just wasn't there. And I ended up getting myself in a real hole. I'm sorry to hear that my friend's in a hole. Now, I did something kind of I wish I didn't do, which is I bought so many chocolate chip cookies. Which what is, kind? Which is, That's something I wouldn't really want to yeah. indulge in. They've, bec- they've become one of my favorite foods. What kind? What brand? Um, I, I, well, okay. So when you're ordering from a supermarket on Uber Eats, you actually have to cast a wide net because not, they're not going to have anything that they picture. No, they're definitely not going to have what you order. So you need to cast a wide net so that like... Hopefully, they'll have at least one thing that you order. So, I ended up getting, like, some Chips Ahoy and some... What's that brand where everything's, like, named after a town? Yeah. Uh, like, Milano's are part of that brand. Pepperidge. Oh, like, Provincetown or whatever? Like, like Nantucket. Montauk. Yeah. Provence. What about Tate's? I love Tate's chocolate cookies. I love Tate's. I definitely love Do Tate's. Do you dunk them? Uh, Do you dunk them in milky milk? N- Maybe, like, if I was someone who, like, you know, had a refrigerator stocked with milk and all those right, things. Right, that's someone but... you're not yet. No offense. No, but like one day I will. Well, you know, I'm I only really like wet foods, so I don't like a cookie unless I can dunk it. To you only like wet foods, like a cat. Yeah, I'm like a cat. I'm like a kitty cat. Meow meow. Yeah. I hate when food is dry. It's so awful. I like when I it's hate, smothered I... in sauce. And every time a restaurant gives you sauce, I know, I know, I know, I'm gonna need to ask for more. My um. When I was little, we had to feed my neighbor's cats the Zuckers and like <laughs> shout like, out, this was, shout out to the Zuckers. I was so like, um, <laughs> I hated the wet food. It really grossed me out, mm-hmm. and like it, it established a lifelong like negative relationship with cats with me. And then when we got our dog, we were deciding what to name it. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to name our dog Sandy because it was From like Annie. sand colored. No, definitely not. From oh, Annie. just it was sorry, my old I creation. thought you were gay. <laughs> 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 and so it just because she was sand colored but my mom wouldn't let us name her sandy because um mrs zucker had just died and her name was sandy oh so my god my mom that's was like, so dark we can't be calling out we can't be shouting out sandy if it gets Wait, away that is so Sam, dark. it'll be too sad it'll be too sad for mr zucker i was like i don't care oh like, that is so <laughs> sad your mom was 100 percent right you know my brother um adopted a dog and before he changed the name the dog was named Shooter. Ooh, like you can't you can't be in a dog park yelling Shooter. Oh my god, that's yeah. insane! I was like, okay. It, it, it's so funny to me when people say adopted a dog because it's like we're 
you don't need to say adopt. Like, no one thinks you biologically birthed this dog. You know no, what I mean? but but it's like in this case, it actually was necessary because it wasn't like he bought a dog and named it Shooter. It was like the dogs come with a name and a story, and then you totally. are totally like like Beanie Babies, and they and they come with a poem. They come with a poem and a little around their collar. There's a little tag that says red, "Roses are red, violets are blue." Um, uh, I have to say, oh wait, first of all, let's make a Beanie Baby. I don't know, a Beanie Baby poem. It would be like. Sandy loves to slink to and fro, but you never know where she might go. Mm-hmm. Sandy loves hugs and, of course, banana. And <laughs> Top five you chose. You I set know, yourself right? to fail, dude. <laughs> Self-fulfilling prophecy, dude. You're self-sabotaging yourself, dude. But will you collect them all, even his friend Joanna? Because then there's like a companion beanie named Banana Joanna. Joanna. That's really good. Thank you. You should be a writer. Because sometimes like in canon, like – um. Beanie Babies are like supposed to be friends with each other. I love that. Do you agree? Do you agree? Jumped <laughs> <laughs> in my head. Do you agree? Do you agree? I said. No, I remember you know, there I was like. To... Um... Sorry, go ahead. Go. <laughs> I was no. gonna say I remember there was a monkey named Bongo and a monkey named Congo, and they were like meant to be friends. Totally. Um, I have to address something. Well, I'll wait till our guest gets her to address it because. It's my new lifestyle. But yeah, I've been living I, – I saw two Broadway shows this week, and they were both amazing, and it was so Which ones? I want everyone to go see these shows if they can. Um, I saw Friend of the Pod, Ben Platt, and Parade. Oh, how was it? Which that? is one of my favorite shows of all time. It was so, so good. He is just – I mean, to hear that voice in real life is a gift. And um, the actress who plays his wife, Michaela Diamond, is so talented. It was psychotic. I had full-body chills. Um it's such a moving, beautiful show that's been devastating at the same time. And then last night, I wanted to go see, you know, Sam Morrison. I wanted to see his stand-up show, Sugar Daddy. I have no idea what that is. But, but I love him and support him. But um, I asked for tickets for the wrong month. So I walked into the Soho Playhouse uh-huh. last night. And I was like, hey, I'm here to see <laughs> Sam. And they were like, it's not happening tonight. And I was like, and so and young Catherine would have put her head between her legs and went home. And I said, no, I'm going to see a show tonight. So I went uptown to see the Broadway musical Kimberly Akimbo, and it was so good. I want to see that because I, I love that girl, Bonnie. You love who? Bonnie Milligan. Oh, my God. Bonnie was so good. It was crazy. Um, I'd seen her, like, in Search Party and stuff, but I guess I hadn't seen her. I knew she had a crazy voice, but seeing her live was – I mean, it's just crazy. Like every, She was so funny. Her voice sounded unreal. The show is actually funny, which I know you – like, I was shocked. No, I, I could believe it. Well, I, what I'll say is, My brother, you know Billy, shout out, was like, you have to see it. And I was like, I'm not going to like it. And then I loved it. So I'll say. Well, you know, in a way, you made your own Zoom link last night. What does that mean? Like, how I... Yeah, I did. It. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. Young yeah. me wouldn't have had the wherewithal to go uptown but i did to to, to upgrade to pro i upgraded to to pro pro. i i got myself into pre-platinum delta plus silver extreme i I got an email from united airlines being like now's your chance to upgrade to like premium status all you have to do is pay us sixteen hundred dollars i was like no then no i'm not paying you it's not a reward to go nowhere to go nowhere it's so interesting that I'm like it's like how I'm WME and you're CAA that like I'm Delta and you're United. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna let our guest in. I'm okay, okay, wait. I'm then. actually so excited for our goose. Me too. We wouldn't have done this uh, for another goose, I feel. Oh wait. It's just okay. He's in. He's connecting to audio. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. 
didn't happen. Can he see her here? No. No. (laughs) No, 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 no. Evan, can you see Um, and hear us? I can't apologize. I can't apologize enough for how we are. But um, I can't apologize enough for everything that's you, happened today and last night. And I, I'm sure I know you and Pat have been through a lot this morning via text. <laughs> but are you okay to record on your end? And keep, by the way, Allison, keep this in. Keep this sort of admitted because this is what you guys One, don't see. We are do- so Evan. We're doing this podcast without our training reels, or with, because our producer can't be here. And so this is our first time okay. using the app Zoom together. Mm. <laughs> it's the sensation that we used to always say about the podcast of a car rolling down a hill, and we're trying to stop it. <laughs> so in other words, um, I've gotten into the car as it's rolling down the hill. Yes. Well, yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Yes. And yes, we yes. wouldn't. Yeah. And we only wanted. You in the passenger seat. There was no one else we would have rolled down yeah. the wall for. Great. Well, if anyone's going out that window. getaway car. <laughs> a getaway car. Whoa. Okay. We are so excited to have it. We've, we've been trying to snag this guest for, I would say, decades now. And we are just such big fans. I've, I think I famously once said the funniest Instagram account. And I stand by that because this week, well, we'll get into it because you brought us something really special this week. But put your ears open, Seek Treatment listeners, for Evan for Ross Evan Cat. Ross Cat. Hello. Oh, hello, my God. Hello. Evan, I'm so sorry Evan. for what happened. I'm sorry about I'm my so- friend, the way he treated me. Are you me. mad at me? I'm going to have to jump ahead to our ending segment and say, are you mad at me? I'm not mad at you. I don't get annoyed with people that often. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I get annoyed with people you're not going to be know. at home here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, honey... Also, honey, smoke, smoke, smoke. smoke, smoke, smoke. You, uh, that was disconcerting because it was like... I was like, are you mad at me? And instead of being, no, it's like totally fine. Like, I get it. It's like not that bad what you did. It was kind of like what you did is really bad, but I'm the kind of person who like can forget. <laughs> but you know I mean? Yeah, yeah, you, It's all about framing. <laughs> totally. Yes. But Okay, cool. But um, So to clarify, now, you are in New York City. Which makes me wish we were doing this in person a million this times over. Well, Evan, I have to address something up top because I need you to know this is not my home. This is – I'm in a literal gamer chair because this is my boyfriend's apartment. Look at this. It's dark. No, it's really scary, but it, it's, it, it, this is worse. <laughs> this is like – actually serial killer i can't yeah. that's he's got a jigsaw. lot of clothing well it's obviously yeah. mine that i dumped on the bed okay. but the fact that he has this gamer chair is it's just not right and you're sure you want to make this relationship work <laughs> how committed i'm too deep honey i'm too deep he's an um, amazing man so i tried to clarify this i wanted you to know as someone who i've never met in real life but i've admired from afar that this is not my space no okay. yeah so how are you doing me? Um, I am well. I love a Saturday morning. I'm very energetic on a Saturday morning. I feel very optimistic oh, about the state of the world. So it's a good time for me to be podcasting. Oh, wow. good. Sometimes, okay, yeah. Because for me, if I love a Saturday morning, like, that's not a time that I want to be podcasting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, this is an interesting question. I've often thought about this with other podcasters. Like, what is your ideal podcast recording looking like? Are you an evening girls? Are you morning girls, weekends? Yeah, we used to, you know, we used to always record at 10 a.m. on Fridays in person. That was the golden age. The golden age. And like that was special, except that I always had to go straight from there to nannying. And so I was kind of like depressed when I was there. But otherwise, it was really fun. But lately, I feel like we're in a transition period because we're 
so disorganized lately that I'm constantly like, lying on the floor in another country from Pat, like screaming and not hearing each other. And so we're trying to yeah. find a, a new rhythm that works for us. But we're trying to find a new normal. What's your ideal new... podcasting sitch? So I don't love a Friday morning, interestingly enough, because I feel like the energy on a Friday morning is almost like too calm for me because mm. it's like everyone's getting ready for the weekend. I like I'm like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning girl. Those are all sweet spots for me. Mm-hmm. Um I have to avoid a Monday or a Sunday because I feel like that's when you get into Sunday scaries and then Monday readjusting to life. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're in the thick of it, but everyone's engaged enough. They're not as laissez-faire as I think on a Friday. Totally. This is Sunday. Sunday Sunday to me is I'm lying on the floor. I'm watching like um, like Wonderful World of Disney movie on ABC as like a 12-year-old. It's like... It's like Brandy's Cinderella. I'm having the time of my life. My mom comes in and she's like, why Diane just say that Amanda said you had a project tomorrow? Do you have a project tomorrow? Did you start it? And then like, it's like so, and I just like, I'm so freaked out. You know what I mean? You know, I had a but, dream last night that I gave birth to a baby named, ready for this? Trishy. Was Trishy. Is that doing Trishy. anything for anyone? Trish, like Trisha, but Trishy. I was like, oh, Trishy would be cute. And then we were in these... I won't get into it because I don't want to bore you. But then I woke up and realized I'd forgotten to take my birth control pill. So Trishy was there saying, you're not ready for me, ma'am. A voice of reason. You know, Trishy, I'm going right to Trish Stratus. I was a big WWF person Me too. Up. Yeah, I think a lot of gay people, we had a strange connection to the WWF. Well, tr- and not even Trish, a sexual one. Like Totally. I think, Though yeah. I, I will say, like, Trish Stratus was a real boon for me because, like, I could feel sexual towards her. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. It didn't like, feel like you I had want, to fake it. Even though to this day... To this day, I could jerk to Trish Stratus if wow. gun to my head. If, so, if I, someone had a gun to my head and forced me to, I bet she'd be really proud to know that. One thousand percent, she would love it. I wonder where she is now and like what she's doing and like. What I have a feeling like. she's doing well. I bet you she'd be one of those people. If we were to Instagram, like look her up on Instagram, she'd have like over a million followers and just have a career success that's just not on our radar, but is like totally right. on the minds of many. I actually totally. lately have been. I really need a German word for that feeling when you look. You, there's someone you've never seen before in your life, and then you click them, and then they have like 16 million followers, and you're like, who? Who are you for? And wh- where? Where do I live? 1, we do need a word percent. for that. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot now, of that going on. Okay, I mean, wait, before we transition, how many followers yeah. do you both think the Trish Stratus has? But okay. I don't know who that is, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> she was, like, iconic of an era of WWE. She was iconic of an era is a sentence that makes me want to immediately go to the hospital. Well, she was iconic of an era. <laughs> she was put, she was put through a table. She was a, the only female to ever be slammed through a table by the Dudley boys. So that's huge. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, I will guess that Trish Stratus herself has um, 800K. Okay, Trish Stratus has 2 million. <gasps> and oh, her most, her fourth to most recent post has over 30,000 likes. So she's wow. not only largely followed, she's largely engaged with. So I bet you there's a swath of listeners saying... I'm already putting respect on Trish Stratus's name. Where have y'all been? So yeah. I will say I will take credit for um, including Trish Stratus's name in the first season of Hacks when Marcus's mom said that woman had quite a chest, quite a chest. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what was I going to say? Now, Evan, even though you're quintessential, you're a quintessential New Yorker. I did think you were LA just because like, when someone's in that moment, only because, because listen, he's blonde right now. 
Because you're blonde right now, you went blonde, and also, like, if most quintessential New York people actually live in L.A., for one, and for two... <laughs> If you're in New York, if you're gay, but I don't see you every single day, then I think you're LA. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, No, no, that makes sense. I just like, and I'm not one of those people that has like a strong disdain towards people in Los Angeles. I just don't, I don't like that you think of me as that. Right. And I don't. And that's not a superiority thing. It's nothing like that. It's just like, if my energy is giving you that, I feel like I'm sort of something I'm doing is not. I think what you're doing is like being successful. And so we assume that you must be like far from us. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way something successful could be near me in my town. Take a look at my bank account. (laughs) As someone who's in Bushwick with a gamer racing chair (laughs) in front of a pile of dirty clothes, I don't feel I don't feel particularly connected to L.A. at this moment, but I have been there. I don't even think of Brian as one who games. No, I want to be actually, this is too boring to even say out loud, but someone actually, someone who used to live in this apartment left this chair here. Oh, interesting. Okay. So like no one did anything wrong. No, no, it's not his fault. Yeah. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. I'll never forget. (laughs) I I scrolled on a TikTok the other day that said, it was this woman saying, it didn't happen to you. It happened for you. I started sobbing uncontrollably in my bed. So I just wanted to share that. Wait, that I will say like, I will say that I saw something on maybe Instagram or maybe somewhere else and I forget where. And it was like how to reframe things. And even when a therapist like, is like, okay, well, how can we reframe this and give you a tool? I'm like, fuck off. Like, I do not want to re. I'm not here to reframe. Like, and I mean, I mean, I'm here to reframe. I'm here to feel interesting. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not here for any practical tools. I want to like feel like. I contain multitudes and I'm like, I want you to be gasping at everything I say. But anyways, I saw this one reframing tool that actually been helpful where it's like to look at when you have to do like stupid little chores that annoy, that annoy you instead of thinking I have to do this, think I deserve this thing. So it's like, I deserve a well-made bed. I deserve Ooh, a really clean apartment. I like that. I deserve to like eat a healthy meal, like those types of things. I deserve to express myself through creative writing, like these Wow, I love that. That seems yeah. very healthy. It's so healthy. Too healthy, in fact. So healthy that it's... It's orthorex... It's orthorexic. It's ortho... It's ortho... You wait. You have a disorder. You have a disorder. You need to go to the doctor's office. Let's let's dive right in because, Evan, we're so curious. On this podcast, we basically only ask one question. It's who were you, who who are you, you, and who who do you want to be? And who do you want to be, even? Go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, where did you grow up? Where did you grow up? Where did it all begin? I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in a suburb about eight miles south of Pittsburgh called Mount Lebanon, where our exports, our most famous export would be Joe Manganiello. Um, I went to the Mount Lebanon premiere of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man because our town, our little town, threw a premiere for Joe Manganiello. Oh my God. Um, I grew up there. I went to the Performing Arts High School in downtown Pittsburgh, our most famous alma mater being Billy Porter. Yes. Um, catch him in a tuxedo dress on a carpet near you. <laughs> and then I moved to New York to attend NYU. Oh, my God. Oh, and what I did didn't you know you were at NYU. And what did you start? I don't associate as an NYU alumni. That's probably yeah. why I didn't know. But it is a part of my trajectory. Right. It's a part of the story. And then to take a step back, one of the main questions we ask is, um, did you hook in high school? Yeah, were you out? Were you being gay? Or were you, like, sucking fucking? Like, what's going on? <laughs> were you sucking and fucking? Or were you shaming and gaming? Were you sucking um, junior year? Were so, you sucking junior year? 
I transferred between my freshman and sophomore year to the performing arts high school, like from my town to the performing arts high school. So I was afforded an opportunity Mm. that I wish more people had, which was that I was able to go to a new school where I could just start as openly gay. Mm. I didn't have to have like a coming out moment because I think the hardest thing about a coming out for so many people is it's this idea that like the declarative nature of it is just overwhelming. It's not the fact that you're coming out as gay. It's the fact that you're like, making a declarative announcement about who you are to people is just an inherently strange thing to do. So I just entered this new school being gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I still did like come out to my parents and whatnot, but like, I just think the process of a coming out is so uncomfortable that we talk about it through the lens of like, the um, like what it means to come out as gay, but it's also just like, just practicality-wise, totally. I think it's an odd concept. Totally. That being said, I hate when people are like, <clears throat> no one should have to come out. I'm like, yeah, you should. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're actually saying the opposite thing. You know what yeah. I mean? He's like, no, no, no. I actually just said the opposite of what I, except, for in, except for when you, the only instance where you should not have to come out is when you transfer your performing arts, arts high school between freshman and sophomore year. In Pittsburgh. Mm, yeah, yeah, totally. Eight miles south of Pittsburgh. That's, that hyper common experience. Uh, was, it filled with, was it filled with gays because of... Of how was it riddled? With, was arts. your school riddled with gays? <laughs> did they have a gay? Yeah, did they have we a gay had problem? definitely like we had a high populace of gay, but it was also like a very diverse subset of gay because you know, had I stayed in my suburb, I would have gotten like suburban gay. Yeah, and I went to a city school, which meant there were people coming from all different parts. So like my idea of what it means to be gay is not you know I had more than just like it wasn't just Jack or Will from Will and Grace. Yeah. It was like. I had ancillary characters as well. That's amazing, That's amazing. To, have those, to have those ancillaries. And was your family yeah, super was important. your family supportive of your gay journey and your creative performing arts journey? Yeah, almost too supportive, wow. annoyingly enough. But like, yes, I've never had an experience where I, and it's it's funny. The older I get, the more I reflect on this because I hear about people's stories that are so other. But yeah, like being gay was never a big deal at all. So it wasn't that they were like so accepting. It was not, it was just something that wasn't really centralized in the conversation just because it was always sort of accepted, which is a lovely thing. Um, But it wasn't like they were like, oh my God, like they weren't like in PFLAG or anything. But like, I also think that's like, I'm lucky that I didn't Mm -hmm. have that kind of parent. I don't think that would have fit for me. Um, But yeah, it was always just acceptance was sort of the baseline, which is like, I guess kind of like lovely. What everyone deserves. Everyone deserves, yeah. yeah. But I don't deserve it, so it's like I wish that for others. <laughs> you deserve it. You, you deserve, deserve a made bed. You deserve to. You, you deserve, deserve to eat a healthy express meal. Express yourself. Yeah, you deserve to eat a healthy meal. <laughs> But um, I have to say, like, there's no conversations I'm more interested in having than with queer people about coming out. It's just that my own is like not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in how, how learning about how just fucking normal mine is to me. Mm-hmm. But then, like having my paradigm altered by the fact that like my normal is for many idealistic. And that's, that's something that's like, whoa, totally. Totally. I remember, I I think I said the fuck. I remember one time my, my dad was like explained to me what gay and lesbian was. And then he was like, and if that's what you are, that's okay. And then I was like, I know, isn't that sweet? But then I was kind of like, I sort of knew it wasn't. I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's like, then why'd you um, say that? I was like, okay, yeah. but then why'd you make a point of saying that to me? Anyway. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but you know what's funny, though? Thinking about, like, coming out, because I don't disagree with you, Pat, but it's also, like, one of those things where it's, like, you have instances in which it's, like, there are current celebrities that are in the zeitgeist right now mm. who are LGBTQ plus identifying, but not, but haven't come out publicly. And there's a lot of, like, murky discourse around, like, is it okay to... 
identify someone who is like not in the closet but hasn't come mm. out as LGBTQ plus. Like, where's the line? I know. I'm not sure. I feel like the sure. new coming out is just being like, I'm dating this person who happens to be of this gender identity or whatever. Right. And yeah, then everyone's like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I w- um, I'm obviously wondering who you're thinking of specifically, but we'll save that. We'll bleep it. Um, We'll keep it respectful. Now, let me ask you this. So, were you an actor at the Performing Arts High School? No, uh, thankfully not. <laughs> I was uh, I was in, like, the technical theater track. Wow. Um, so, I was pursuing, like, stage directing, but I was also, like, really heavy into stage management. Oh, my like, God. Were you wearing managed... You were crew? Definitely. Yeah, I was crew. Wow. But I was, like, in the booth, not You just came out. Well, guess what? You just finally got your coming out story because you came out as crew. (laughs) Right? Came out as crew. (laughs) Um, But I'm, like, very, like, headset girl. Like, that was me, like, back in the theater. I love that. Yeah, but, like, stage managed, parade, (gasps) Aida, uh, Pippin. You know, I was was just telling Pat that I saw parade this week, and it was so... Have you been (gasps) yet? I haven't been so yet, good. and I'm super excited to see it. I don't love the marketing. Oh, what's the marketing? I haven't really. I feel like like focusing on the what's the is it all the waste of time oh, that they've been? The waste oh no 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 no, no, no. Um... not that one. What's the other no, duet that happens in Act Two? Yes, I just feel like that's like not the song that like I want to see pumped out for the yeah, show. Yeah, which... you're giving you're, you know what you're giving is crew. You're giving behind the scenes. <laughs> Headset is on and is activated. Yeah, that is on, yeah. But though, totally on my list. And I'm also very here for like a Ben Platt redemptive moment because I think people were really, really hard on him. I love him. Um and so I'm all about like having this next act for him because I think he's really talented. Oh, yeah, he's I mean so talented. I, I had full body chills. I was like, oh, this is just when you're watching someone do what they were born to do, it's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how you um feel when you see me podcasting? <laughs> Create Creating a Zoom link at 10.30 a.m. that I've never... Oh, my God. It was... I I couldn't... When I never thought I'd see the day when Pat sent me a Zoom link and was like, let me... Are you... And when he said, are you in the waiting room? I was like, wow, he even knows, like, the language. Yeah, totally. It's... And I want to just thank all my mentors and people I've been able to look up to who do have... Who have hosted Zooms. And I've been able to hear them use that language and think I, I can see it, I can be it, and become someone who's letting people in from a waiting room. I mean, I feel like there's such a huge culture around, like, being either a podcaster or just someone that's in Zooms a lot, Mm -hmm. especially when there's, like, recording involved, just around handling different situations. Have you ever had it where, like, their audio keeps going in and out and they're, like, on a long, important rant about something? Yeah. Yeah. And at first you're like, oh, I'm just, like, missing a word, but then all of a sudden you're like whole sentences are going and they think I'm hearing them. So I have to like step into like performance mode where I'm like, okay, how often do I nod? But what happens if they're like, yeah, I like got into neo-Nazism and I'm like nodding. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it gets confusing. Totally, 1000%, 1000%. I feel that way in, re- in real life conversation too. Like I don't hear something or I'm like space and then I'm like, that is so real. Yeah. That is so real to you and me. Yeah, thankfully there's a lot of like just things you can insert like that which are sort of like all purpose yeah thank, honestly thank god for the sentence that is so real because like it is such a tool that we all have it's, that is inter- so it's one yeah I, I learned i go into my instagram therapist toolbox and i say that's so real now let me ask you this so when you got to nyu here's what i'll say when you got to nyu what was that about what was that like <laughs> That was probably, like, one of the the darker times in my life in that I just, like, and this is super judgmental and I'm not proud of it, but it is real. I think I have a hard time being around, like, 
groups of theater people at a time because there's something specifically, and I will say in our brains, I identify as a theater mm-hmm. person, where we're all sort of craving the same type of validation. And I think having us all together, um, for me, at that really, really formative time in my life, I don't think it was like the most, um, I don't like the word healthy, but I just like, I don't think it allowed me to grow in ways that I think like in my late 20s, I sort of did a lot of the growth and development that I wish could have happened earlier. Yeah. Now, but when you got to NYU, had you put the headset down and stepped into the light or not yet? No, no, I'm not, I'm like never, I've never been an actor But you're or in anything. the light. I've, but so, Evan, you're, but in, you're the in the light. light. You might not be an actor, but you are in the light. <laughs> you're, in in... The, you're, you're firmly in the light. You're firmly, you're, firmly you're, in you're, the light. You're, you're, so, you're, so, you're in such the light that I thought you lived in LA. <laughs> the sun. But I also, wait, the but I also want to say, I know I'm, I'm going to stop with this, but like, I never thought you lived in LA. I just like haven't slept for a week is the problem. And like You're okay, Pat. You're safer. You don't need yeah. to excuse your behavior. There's other reasons. There's other reasons to that. I was just I'm also going to LA next. I just was like in a So it was about you. Like, this is really about you. Is what it was about it was actually just so much more about me than it was about you, which is I'm the first person who's ever said that. And like I do think the funny thing is we knew this all along. Mm. One thousand percent one thousand percent. But we're allowing you to have your moment of realization. Yeah. We're nodding along with you. And I appreciate it. And, and I'm not like, hearing a word either of you were saying, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Yeah. You're both you're you're both that's so real and you're both that's that so real. That is so real, Pat. It's time to be that so real. Um I um yeah, I'm just in a place where I'm like, everyone lives in LA because I just live in LA. Do you know what I mean? And I'm going back to LA next week. In my college m- musical theater comedy troupe called the triangle club shout out i sang a song called it's so real and in one of our performances i forgot the words and i said instead of saying it's so real i said and now we're in the show and now we're in the show (laughs) that's a good lyric it's true it was true at that point you know by the way um, by the way evan i've i've been to pittsburgh because my boyfriend went to carnegie mellon and it's so beautiful it's great. I'm a huge Pittsburgh enthusiast. Also, yeah. if anyone listening is looking for the best restaurant in Pittsburgh, which was recently put on the New York Times 50 best restaurants in America, there's a place oh called Apteca. A P T E K. Wait, oh my god, I can't. <laughs> great, I can't even spell it. A P T E K A. I love when I listen to a podcast and someone offers like a local suggestion yes. of like when you're in this town, look up this thing. I'm like very prone to do that. So if you are listening and you're in Pittsburgh, A P T E K A. Wow. Okay, cool. What kind of food we is have it? a huge pit, we have a huge pit, Pittsburgh following. We probably do. I can, I can't, out. We probably do. I can't go to Pittsburgh because they get absolutely swamped. Hounded. Uh, swarmed by the there. Paps. I wish I could go to um, Pittsburgh and enjoy that lovely food, <laughs> but I I, I value my privacy. Too, I value my privacy too much. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're in LA. <laughs> yeah, I'm in LA. Exactly. <laughs> LA is a state of mind. So then, how did you climb out of that dark, dark NYU hole and become the beautiful? lit being you are today that's so sweet um i think that i got really lucky in terms of timing because i graduated from nyu in 2011 and it was like when the internet was still a little bit uh you know much more wild west but also a little bit more fun and there were more opportunities out there and like i had a tenaciousness that was born out of like sending written letters when I was a kid. Like, I would write fan mail, like, handwritten fan mail to Sarah Michelle Gellar, etc. So I Um. had sort of, like, a veracity with, like, which with like how to pursue opportunities. Mm. Whereas like now it's like, I can just DM someone and that's a lovely thing and it's great. But I think it's important to have like, um, 
to have learned a way in which it was a little bit more challenging, you know, that I yeah. had to sort of like, I remember like opening the yellow pages and like, I have all of those core memories of like having to fight for opportunities. So I came out of school and I was like determined to be a writer. There were less websites at the time and there were less <laughs> people that like identified as freelancers. And so I sort of just like busted my ass, like writing cover letters and reaching out to people and like making connections and like trying to get opportunities. And like a lot of people like, I think just said yes, because again, it's like there were less people doing it at the time. So sort of mm. like, okay, like we'll throw you some money to write about this. Yeah. So uh, you have to ask for what you want. Is the, you the, have the to semester. ask for what you want. But I'm we, bad at we, that. We, as we've been talking about your journey, we have had our Miranda hats on and I want to put our Charlotte's hat, Charlotte hats on for one second mm. and say, did you have a boyfriend in high school and did you have a boyfriend in college? And if the answer to both those questions is no, is then when did you get your first boyfriend? Okay, <laughs> and how was no, it? No, <laughs> I never had a boyfriend ever until I got my fiance. Oh my God, oh my you God. went straight did to he, fiance. Did he yeah. come as fiance? Or yeah, no, he arrived to... and it was like, there was a ring attached to him. And I oh just, my like, God, sort of secured it title on, yeah. of that straight to fiance. Uh, straight yeah. to fiance. Um, no, I mean, I dated people, but like never had someone. I had like a guy that was like borderline boyfriend, but like retrospectively, I'm like, it, I wanted an annulled. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, yeah. Evan Ross Cat's retrospective, he will not yeah. be. It's like he's not a. He will not be honored. No, like we went through, we deleted the Instagram posts, etc. Um, but wow. no, I would say Billy is like my first like important um, figure in my life. There he is right now. Wait, his name is oh Billy. God. Does yeah. he care about us? Billy, Does he know about us Billy, like that's yeah, my brother's. Know. Hey, that's tell my brother. Tell, tell him it's my brother's name. Tell him back. Tell him back. Tell him. No, no, he gets like so excited when he because he can always hear when I'm talking about him on a podcast, and then he'll just sort of like pop up. Oh my god, that was really cool. So he is born and raised in the Upper East Side, and someone who hadn't come across the water much, as Upper East Siders are, are tend to do. And once we got him over here, it was sort of like, wait a minute, excellent. Okay, I have to go back one more time and be like, were you and Billy like this morning drinking coffee, and then you like got the thing, and you're like, <laughs> Pat like gave me the wrong time for today. I can picture it. Like, wait, let's do a play. Yeah. Let's do a play. Yeah, okay. I'll be Evan, and you, I'll be I'll Billy. Be, wait, wait, okay. <laughs> Oh my god, I love you know what? It's just so funny I never came here growing up because that bagel place, I, they do an amazing white I fish know. salad. Last night was really fun, but I'm really tired. Last night was fun, but I'm really tired. Wait, I'm supposed to do a podcast. With- well, You're doing a podcast on a Saturday? Has, I thought you I thought you well, preferred Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays in the mornings. No, well, I'm in a really good mood on Saturdays, but I actually like podcasting on my good mood. So but wait, he said one their time but ten our time. That doesn't make sense. We're on Well maybe he on. lives on a houseboat in the Atlantic Ocean. Let me text. Oh my god, voice memo, he gave me the wrong memo. time. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Hey, it's Evan. Um wait, you said one o'clock your time ten AM. My name do you mean one Yeah, I I'm in New York. I'm in New York. What wait, the hell? I'm in New York. I don't trust Yeah, he gave me the wrong t- he, he sounds, gave me the wrong time. You know I what? Think. That's really messed up, but I feel like the girl he does the podcast with, I feel like she wouldn't have done that. She must have. Huh. Because That's I think weird. that Pat probably said I think that Pat probably even said to the girl he does the podcast with like Okay, it's gonna be one hour time ten their time. So if she knew, then she would have corrected him at that point. Wow. Well, okay, honey, let me give you some more coffee and <laughs> Yeah, um, give me some more coffee. I'm so tired. And then we'll go back to just being normal fiancés. And scene. That's our play. Thank you for watching. Is that is that how it worked? Um, it's it verbatim. It's so strange that you were able to lift the words right from reality. The one thing you missed was the specificity yeah. of where I got the coffee, but other than that. Oh, oh totally, totally. did you pop out totally this morning? Fun. I did. I'm a, uh, so my, I can say this. My boyfriend uh, grabs me coffee from his work um, regularly. So I usually have like a, a supply here, but we're out at the moment because he was out of town. So yeah, I had to venture out. 
when you were like, grabs me to my boyfriend Sorry. grabs me. I thought, I, 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 yeah, I know. I was like, yeah. I'm like, well, I was like, blink twice if you're okay. Yeah. Let me ask you this much. Does he work? Well, now you're now I have so many questions. Like, does he work at a coffee store? No, no, no. He works for like, um, he works for Google. I can say that. Oh yeah, that's safe. It's okay to work for Google. Totally. It's okay. I've never done when, it, but it's okay if you want to. I'll tell this story for the 19th time of the podcast. One time um, in my 20s when I was like really high, hadn't slept in days and ended up um, hooking up with this guy from Grindr who worked for Google and lived over Google in Chelsea, like over Google. That's my fiance. And... I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, Billy, come back in. Billy? Billy? And then I was giving him head and halfway through the head, he was like, I'm not into this. And I had to leave. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. Ask Billy if he knows that. Ask Billy if he knows the guy who lives above Google. Now, okay, back and, and, and ask him what kind of. Ask him what kind, if he knows the guy who lives above, above Google, and ask him what kind of head that guy likes, because I would love to know for future. Now, did, your, did that give you head. any kind of complex around your head giving prowess, or you was like he doesn't appreciate the goodness of my head? I honestly connected <laughs> it more with like my general appearance. I was like, oh, he doesn't want to head from a person who looks like this. Like that was him. But I also was like, I hadn't slept in days. So it was like, I'm, I was like, you I'm empathized. sure I could do better. But I'm, I was like, I'm sure with a fresh night of sleep, I could do way better than this. <laughs> I'm sure I could have at least made it three quarters of the way through. The head the I give when I'm well rested. I mean, you can't imagine. Yeah, when I'm like cares. sprightly, when I'm like up on, when I'm like, you know, in bed, when I'm not afraid to like do a real squat and get use get on my feet, it's really powerful. Sometimes when I do that, like sometimes when I get on top and I'm like using, I'm like squatting for my feet. My boyfriend's like, "Whoa!" I'm like, "Ew!" Just, I know, I know. Don't act like it's a surprise. I'm not lame. That I'm not <laughs> yeah. beach whale. I know. Also, like that would be a cool name for a book or like an Oscar movie. That's like the head I give. Mm. The head we give. The head we give. Who is starring in it? Who is starring in the head we give? Um. I could see, um, I could see. Who's the female lead in Shame? Carrie oh, Mulligan? Wow. Carrie Mulligan. I feel like Carrie Mulligan's in the this. Head oh. she give. The head I give. The head, the head we give. Oh, we yeah. give. So it's collective. The, or it could be the head she gives. The, she. The head she gives. The head I The head they give. The head, head they gave. The head they gave. The head they and, gave. Is or like, it could be a play. It could be a play and there's one at the end of Act 2. There's one line where it's like, and that. Is how I learned <laughs> about the head I give. The head I give. You don't want to hear a single it. thing about the head you take because that's <laughs> yeah. all the head I can give. Yeah, and that's no, not a dry eye in the house. And the poster's like Carrie Mulligan's face with like a black background and there's like four, three yeah. other faces but they're getting smaller behind her. Yeah, and the, um, What do you think of that marketing, the, Evan? And there's wow. four stars and there's a, there's a quote that just says dazzling under it. <laughs> dazzling, the head I give, Dazzling. Anyways, anyways, um, back to business, which is back to business. So then, so you then we need to know how. So basically, that's kind of who you were, but who are you now? Who am I now? That's a good question. I feel like I'm at a like transition point. Um, I am someone who likes to talk about pop culture and do it. I'm reframing my own way in which I think about and then talk about pop culture in the present. Um, I think I used to have a little bit more bite to me. Mm. Um. And I, what do you mean? I think that I used to, I would never say if you're into like the Perez category, but I used to sort of like relish more on sort of like pointing to out the things or people that I didn't like or like making a snappy comment about something. Um, I would say like I was more, um, I would go after low hanging fruit more easily at yeah, one point. I know what you mean. And where I'm moving now and like speaking about it, like 
like honestly, it's like as I have a closer proximity to a lot mm-hmm. of celebrities and they become more human to me, I'm less interested in calling attention to the negative and more sort of like, oh, I can use my platform to highlight Margot Martindale's red carpet. And like that's something that it's like brings me a lot of joy. And then I see it bringing other people joy. And I'm like, oh my God, like it's so fun that we're like collectively celebrating Margot Martindale instead of like talking shit about some pop star or someone that I don't care about. Right. Totally. 1000%. I, I even have gotten that way about like real. I mean, of course I talk shit about reality TV, but even still like in the past couple of years, there's been a voice that's like, why are you like attacking this woman? You know what I mean? And, I know. Well, now, oh, yeah. well, now that we're all ready for this via social media, now we're all kind of in the public eye. We've all gotten a taste of what it feels like to be scrutinized. And so it makes, when you when you say something about a celeb, you're like, wait, that person's probably in their house actually feeling like shit, even if they have a big and nice yeah. house. You have to remember these people are in their houses. These people, the thing is, these people are in their house. Ha- we might not believe it. These people are really in their houses. Yeah. And they yeah. might be more in their houses than us because they can't go out. They can't go. Totally. They're like me in Pittsburgh. They can't go can't out. They can't go out. Also, I feel like, and again, I think this is something that comes with age. I'm way more happy to be like publicly nice and privately cunty because I think that it's more fun to have like that group chat with which you kind of say mm. some of like the things that you wouldn't put out there because it's like being publicly mean only can then like hurt the person. But when you are with like a few of your, you know, your closest Judy's and you're kind of like, should we talk about the dress? Like, should we finally talk about yeah, the dress? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot more like yeah, yeah, fun yeah. because it's not harmful. Totally. totally. And I feel like I get most of my pop culture news directly from your Instagram, which begs the question, how do you choose what to feature and what to say. Not a ton of thought process, not a ton of like (laughs) planning or strategy. I would say the one North star for me is like, I never talk about anything that I'm not interested in. So a great example of that would be like, you'll never see me talk about the Kardashians in any kind of way on my Instagram ever, because I just don't have any opinion about them negative or positive. So I just try to be really (laughs) discerning about like, if it's not, relevant to me I'm not gonna talk about it just because it's popular but I'm also not gonna shit on the thing that's easy it's like so because some people make a whole brand out of like hating on someone like the Kardashians and it's Mm -hmm. like yeah I feel like all I have in life is my taste and my taste is like my you know again my North Star Mm -hmm. and it's like so I just the Kardashians are not something worth considering for me whereas I'm like let's consider Margot Martindale yeah, and the taste yeah, is int- immaculate. As the kids would say, it's the taste for me. And I it's um <laughs> it's interesting. It's really evolved to even know if you have an opinion on the Kardashians because I don't know if I I don't know if I know if I have an opinion about them. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I might have an opinion about them, but I'm not sure if I do. I feel like there is but so much space given to forming opinions about them that I'm would be much more interested in like studying that phenomenon of like that I don't even know what that is, but like the idea of like how much dedication people have to them, but less them and more like the way in which fandom can work when there's not a thing with which to be a fan of in the in the more concrete way that we're like accustomed to. So like thinking about like the fandom of Michael Jackson, it's like oh we know what mm. you like, right? Like you like that right, music right. and that beat and the way it makes you feel and blah blah blah. I don't. I'm curious about this phenomenon of like standing things that don't have the same sort of creative output. Totally. Right, right, right. I remember I was watching um, the challenge documentary about how the challenge came to be. Did you? Are you? You're not challenge. Are um, you? I am seasons. I stopped at Fresh Meat, so I'm oh, like wow. OG okay. challenge. I will say that like there are some there's some really good stuff that happens like 
in the few years after a fresh meet. But I know I, I started with, I think, the first battle of the sexes. Six. And then, and then even still today, mm-hmm. yeah. And, um, but I will say, like, they did, like, a retrospective where they were, like, interviewing people. Yes, I watched that. And for some reason, okay, and Kim K was in it, and she was like, I remember watching Real World, I think, Seattle, and I remember thinking, I want my life to be on TV. And they were trying to posit that, like, the challenge, like, the challenge is why Kim Kardashian came to be, and I was like, I don't think that's true, you know what I mean? And I was like, how much you, but I was like, Kim, why are you doing this, like, money doesn't mean anything to you. Like, why are you participating? Like, what is your, why are you sitting down and interviewing for the challenge retrospective documentary on Paramount Plus? You know what okay, I mean? Okay, so like, not to like, a like totally conspiracy theorist, but like, there is something happening right now because think about it this way. So Paramount Plus is, that's who the challenge is now produced through. And then her, the Kardashians, is produced through Hulu, which is owned by Disney. And Disney and Paramount Plus are in theory rival platforms. Oh. But there's something happening right now where like, the walls are starting to fall Thinking about the traders, for instance, where you had like cross network talent coming together for like this peacock show with like, there's something going on because, you know, the traders had survivor talent, which again is Paramount Plus, which is rivals of Peacock, but like, and yet, so like, there's something happening right now where like, I guess maybe is everything just folding in and going to become a megacorp and there's going to be like one source of entertainment. Oh my god! I think that would be am- I think that would be amazing. No, that it's so scary. <laughs> I think that would yield amazing. Fruit. That would yield amazing artistic output. Um, um, that's scary. Wait, so how did you get engaged? I don't understand. Wait, so how did you get engaged to be married? Is more importantly, how did I? And how long have you been? Well, we've been together. And have you set a date? It, we don't have a date for the wedding. Uh, we were together, for... and we will be there. And yeah. don't you worry. No matter whether or not you have a date, we're going to be there. I can't wait. Whether, whether you have a date and whether we're invited, we will be. Well, there if it's we in Pittsburgh, Pat, are you coming to Pittsburgh? It's not safe I will, there for you. I will. I will come in huge. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. you need to do like what hoodie, Samantha did over my head. on Sex in the City just, after the chemical peel, and she did like that big yes. shawl. It's like that's you. One thousand and ten percent. We met like about five. It'll be five years this summer. Um, how did I do it? I don't know. It felt like just the natural progression of things to do. And I try again. I try not to get into my head too much about like why I do the things I do. So I was just sort of like, it felt right. I'm like very like instinct driven, and then it just became a matter of like execute. It's. I will say it's hard to execute something you know has to be iconic. But well, yeah. I'm also one of those people that's sort of like, if I like something, I kind of trust my gut always. So I was sort of like, okay, these are the flowers. This is the location. Mm-hmm. This is the timing. I was thinking a lot about the photos, who's taking the photos, the time of day. I got all that in order. And then sort of just like, I'm a stage manager. Hello. I got, you know, run a show. Right. Totally. And then you said, thank God I never stepped into the light because now I'm finally ready to get engaged. But now, so you proposed. And also, where did you, how did you meet? We met on Grinder. Wow. Yeah, I was a grinder was it like, turned love. Did it say interested in dating in his grinder profile? And that's when you knew you had to tap. I don't think I looked at the profile. I think I was pretty sold on the visual. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> so you go over, you hook up. He doesn't ask you to leave halfway through head, even though he works for Google. <laughs> the head you gave and... was better than the head. <laughs> the head you gave worked. Yeah. And um, then when were you like, okay, well, after everyone comes, when you're, you're like, okay, well, should we still see each other? Um, I think I was more keen to like, I knew earlier on that I was like in it to win it. And then I think like for him, yeah. there was more, 
like he just became exhausted out of like my like just continuing to like be around then eventually he was just kind of like okay you can say but then i think you like, wore him down yeah i wore him down wore no him down. i mean i think he would co-sign that um but I think like it was around the six month mark where oh, so is he gonna are you gonna co sign? Billy. Billy. <laughs> I know, no one knows oh what God. this podcast is. Right. You're no not alone. <laughs> I love your robe. You look that really cutie patootie. Can you hear us now? Can you? Plugs. Oh, oh no, oh, you guys are so cutie. Oh my god, you guys are adorable. Yeah, yeah, he's like really coming in here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, get in, get in the. What is this? Oh, you came in like a uh, fire. Wait, what is the like, Re- lyric? Wrecking Re- ball. Like I don't love that song. Um, you came in like a. Oh, it's so good. No, I think okay. the verses are reconsider. Good. Promise me, you'll reconsider. You came, you fell under <laughs> my spell. That is good. Um, but uh, no, I think it was like six months in. We were sort of like, let's do this, and also it's just like I don't know for anyone else that's like been in love. It's sort of like I. It's really easy to be together. We like have a good time. Mm. It's like, and then you dare I say did the thing. He, like Ariana DeBose, we did the thing. You gave us such yeah. a gift this week, I like and I liked your follow-up post as well because it was a moment of celebration because like it was, it made me feel so happy to watch that video and then to send it to my friends and be like, this woman is has given us such a great gift. And you're right, no one cared about the BAFTAs until yesterday. Well, we can't be mad at people for being cr- for like we can't be mad at people for thinking we might like if they were cringe because it's like sometimes we love when someone like Nicole Kidman's like AMC thing is so cringe, but for some reason she's left it up. It's like if we can't be like, why would you ever think we would like something cringe? Because we always love cringe things. Yeah, no, the I mean? AMC is a great example of like, I, I, there's something about like when someone puts something out earnestly and then it's like immediately received by a hundred percent of the people. As, like, something completely not. I love that dissonance to me as, like, fascinating. Yeah. It's like, Nicole Kidman, I think this is part of the reason the commercial works the way it does, but it's, like, that's a great example of, like, Nicole Kidman did not go in to change the world. That was, like, like a very quick check for her. Um, yeah. And now it's, like, you know, Moulin Rouge, the AMC commercial. It's, like, that's a part of, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, we're not going to be talking about the prom in 20 years. Um. Now, <clears throat> wait, what's going to say? One thing I hate about Nicole Kidman AMC culture is like, you can't see a movie anymore without when that comes on, people like cheer and like recite it. And it's like, I just want to go over and tap them on the shoulder. I don't think I've ever like, even seen it, know, if I'm honest. I, I, I want to go and tap them on the shoulder and be like, you know that this is not a personality. I'm, right. Do you know that? I just need it for me to enjoy the movie coming up, which I'm so excited about. I need to know that you know <laughs> that this is not a personality. Yes. And it's okay. And you're not, and, and because you like it, you're not necessarily funny. Does that make sense to you? Yes. I okay. think that there's like that a life cycle to these things. However, I will say, I think the ongoing aspect of the Nicole Kidman AMC thing that to me has like afterlife is just posting an image of her with the projector behind her as sort of to represent I'm tuning in. So I like mm, to use that totally. in terms of like, you know, it makes, there's just some of those images where you're like, this means something. So for instance, this might be a deep cut, but do you know that Keely Williams meme right now? Because she has the quote being like, I had a threesome with the with that band. And so now on Twitter, whenever people oh, post, they post the Keely Williams image and it means I want to I wanna have group sex with the other people in the image. <laughs> do you know about this? Uh, no, I don't, I don't but I need to see. That. I think I'd That's have good news for that. I mean, I need to post that with the Oppenheim brothers. No. <laughs> it's sort of like, do you know, you know the, um, be, the two nozzles going in? Be, um, two nozzles going into like one nozzles. car thing. And if that's used a lot to oh, be like, yeah, I need these oh, guys attacking yeah, yeah. me. Oh, Same oh. idea. So anyway, I think the Nicole, I think that that to me, it's like a good reaction image. But like, yes, mm. in terms of, to your point, Pat, it's like, 
if you're still making that your personality in 2023, when we still haven't even gotten the sequel, it's time to move on. It's time totally. to and just like it's for, to, to need to react in such a way in the theater in front of everyone, it's performance and it's like. But Pat, that's they, that's all some people have in this life. Like that is their I know. like you don't get to go on stage like you and make people laugh. It's like someone is the funniest guy at their office because they're mentioning that. So totally. we have to lift them up in some ways. Totally. It's just hard for it's me hard. to I know. let it go. I it's hard know. for me to let go. They don't make it easy. Them. I believe Mariah Carey. As my great grandmother used to say. Yeah, Mariah Carey has a whole album on the art of letting go. Really? Oh my gosh. I really need, I need to look. I've actually gotten really good at letting go. I feel like a different person lately. It's funny. I kind of have like a like, I don't know so much about Mariah Carey, but I do, for some reason, Emancipation of Mimi was like huge for me. Huge. And I like love that one album. Wait, sorry. I have to correct myself. A it's a song, not an album. The Art of Letting Go. But it's a great uh, song. Can, what does it sound um, like? Um, she pops off at the end. It's one of those classic Mariah slow builds. Like I can make it through the mm. rain where it's like, you think she's just, you know, going to sing a little song and then by the end you're like literally welling up with tears and you're like, oh my God, like she, she, she delivered. She let it go. Wow. Did well, you know that me and her had the same um, elementary school music teacher? I that knew that. scans. And knew that, that scans. <laughs> um, that let me scans. tell you this. I cried when I saw Glitter and I couldn't believe that people were making fun of it. I thought it was so moving. It's a decent <laughs> film. So Evan, are you saying, are you saying... Um, Are you <clears throat> saying? <laughs> I would say yes, but probably most people would say no. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Now let me um, ask you this, Evan. <clears throat> the last part of our question, who do you want to be? What's your dream? Because now you've built this, dare I say, empire. Hmm. You're I... friends with Sarah Michelle Geller, which that is like crazy. You've like fulfilled every gay person, every gay boy born between the, you air, the years of like that. 1984 and like 1996 is like trying to is like that's the fantasy mm. do you know what i mean and you did it you angela bassett it, and you're gonna be in <laughs> the sequel to andrea debose's um rap next year the BAFTA. ariana so, yes listen if i can do anything i just want because there's this i know what you did last summer reboot that's like in the ideation phase and i'm just like trying to like wield my power to like wake Helen Shivers up or like I don't know I know. reverse engineer the part of the first film which ridiculously had like the most beloved character die um yes well I will say you know Hayden Panettiere is in the new Scream so it's doable yeah I don't love comparing Sarah Michelle Gellar to Hayden Panettiere to be honest oh. I, and if y'all notice I didn't do that Evan if y'all notice and if y'all re- boys, rewind boys, the tape boys. if y'all rewind the tape Evan I didn't do that so do not <laughs> do not come for me like that <laughs> What we're not going to do is say that I can heard Sarah Michelle Gellar to Hayden Panettiere on air. Is that how you say okay? her last name? I think. That's how I say it. I could, in my mind, it's always I'm been, being, it's like I'm being attacked from, I'm being attacked by all angles. I'm in Pittsburgh. People are sniping <laughs> me, shooting at me. I'm like literally just doing my best here on my podcast, which I created a Zoom link for out of nothing. Out and of I, nothing. And I, no, I think you're doing great, creative, You're doing great. <laughs> Out of nothing. I was comparing you. the narrative device of bringing someone back. And I think if we can yeah, do it now, for I mean, Hayden, who I would never compare to Sarah Michelle, then we can certainly use that same power. Right. A little bit like, like Apple's like Oranges like in, in that like Sarah Michelle Gellar died in the film. Hayden Penetieri's... But Hayden... No, she died in Scream she 4. She died in Scream 4. Uh, spoiler yes, alert, no. boys. And they're, <laughs> so wait, they're bringing her back from the dead? So, no. It's so, non-canon. Like, she died in... 
We no no no. It's this is what I, so everyone take I don't a deep breath. Exactly. Everyone take a deep deep breath. You're stressing. I didn't know she died. <laughs> okay, so so okay, so I'm taking my wow. hoodie off. So I'm you, sweating. So Evan, what you have right now is egg all over your it's face. It's really dripping. And it's gross. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think in Scream Four, Hayden dies, but it's like, and now she's in Scream Six, so no one's exactly sure what's going to happen. But what I think is going to happen is they learn that like she was rushed to the hospital later. But it is different because Helen was found in ice. Helen was found in ice. Oh, and Hayden, you can't come back from he, ice unless you're Austin Kirby Powers. Not, am I right, team? Kirby's body was not found, but we saw her like be stabbed and die. And the movie was very much like this person's dead, and they were, and then she did, and we never heard otherwise in Scream Five, and like she was dead, and now they're like, wait, she wasn't dead. So they would need to do something like that, or like, but they 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 shot themselves in the foot by showing Helen body in, in ice during the but you know <laughs> famously the thing about ice it melts mm. yeah wow totally so maybe like i don't know that's real oh, maybe there's that's a way. so I'm real saying, Evan. <laughs> i'm just saying a, a group of people were in a room and i think they rightly felt that scream six needed some sort of homage besides courtney towards the past of the franchise mm-hmm. and they said what if kirby didn't die in scream four what if we figure out a way that made it so that People thought she died, but she didn't. I get it. So it's not but like my, I would have gone for Rose McGowan. Oh, one trillion percent. But she's someone who we truly saw be truly dead. Yeah. Do you know what I no, mean? No, yeah, yeah. I've always said, I've always said that all I've wanted out of Scream since Scream One is for there to be some element of emotional continuity where Dewey feels on some level sad that his sister was murdered. Like he never cares again. And like you would think every time this killer comes back, he'd be like, they killed my sis- my little sister in a garage. That's fascinating. Like, um, You're right. He's never mentioned it, and you could. And I'm always looking. I'm like, does he care? Does he care? And he never cares. So it's kind of like the, um, the trauma arc that we got from Jamie Lee Curtis with Halloween. It's like we oh could have done God. like a Dewey sort of spinoff series in which he's grappling with like the trauma, this pent up trauma, unexplored trauma yes. of his sister's yes. death. I like where yeah, we're they going. They could have halved how much they had they explored it with Jamie Lee and moved that on. <laughs> Dewey. Let's bring that same energy to Dewey. Me screaming. Jamie Lee is all of us. Never forget. Jamie Lee is all of us. And and we, we one time me and Catherine saw Jamie Lee Curtis present oh a uh, group of that. young, promising, talented women with laptop computers. And at, she said people, she goes, finally, swag for people who will actually use it. What yeah, she said. and she said, "Oh, I wish I had." She was like, "Oh, I'm jealous. I'm jealous." And it was like, "Buy yourself a computer." You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but what but I will her. say is that Jamie Lee presented the laptops, but it was actually TikTok star Addison Ray who handed them out in a red dress. And this was the time that we accidentally went to the Women in Breakfast event, which is a women, yeah. women in Hollywood breakfast. Wait, Women in Breakfast yeah. or Women in Hollywood mm-hmm. at breakfast? So it was it was Women in Hollywood breakfast. It was Women in Breakfast. I like Women in we Breakfast. We kept calling it Women in Breakfast. Yeah. And the breakfast was ice cold, inedible. I will say that it was a it was an ice cold egg. Bait. Was Helen was Shivers inside of it? Yes. Yeah, she was, and that that's was why she can't reveal. come back for the reboot. That that's why she can't. Reveal. We saw her. We saw her in an egg bake, and now she cannot come back. You can't come back from an egg bake. Um, no, let me ask. So, so, what is your dream, Evan? Yeah, what is your dream? I'm sorry, I took us down that Sarah Michelle Gellar. I loved it. Yeah, don't apologize. Um, I was able to take my, my hoodie dream, off. Dream? I don't know if I've really thought about that. Um, my dream would probably be to continue to do what I'm doing. I really like. I'm having a good time. I'm really happy. I feel like I make like I love talking to people like you all. I love following people like you all. I would just say like more, more, more. Oh, yeah, I love that. You more, really more, bring more. so much joy. Thank you. Yeah, truly. So we're grateful. Now, this next segment of our podcast is called Crush of the Week. And does anyone have a Crush of the Week? I'll say I have a few this week. 
Okay. Go, Do you want to go yeah, first? no, you go first. Mine are pretty non-sexual oh. crushes, um, which they can. No, no, they can. They can be sexual. Mine are almost always sexual, but for me, like, I did an amazing long run in Vancouver with two girlies, the Digby sisters. They're literally so fast. I didn't realize and it was actually humiliating because, like, I, I, I felt I fall under underfit mm. to even accompany them on a run, but they were so nice and chatty and fun, and we kept running into like people they had like seen on Bumble. It was so much fun. Oh my god, fun. Yeah, and then secondly, Lauren Fleshman, because I just finished her book, um, Good for a Girl, and you know, she was really the it girl of the NCAA cross-country and track scene in like the early aughts, in the early aughts, and she really was like rivals with, you know, Shalane and Kara Goucher and people who are now like titans of running, and she was too, but it was just really interesting to like hear her memoir about like you really got all the tea and she was really candid and she even got into the contract numbers and that is really opaque in professional running. And so it was really cool. And she's just always been such a good writer. And I remember reading her blog in like 2010 and being like, oh, this girl. And then I posted about it and then she um, damned me thanks for reading Aww. the chair. Wow. Can I ask yeah. you, Pat, like how deep into like running culture are you? I know that you're like, I know you do, you do marathons, right? Yeah. I've He's never deep. raced a full Honey, it goes, it goes deep. Um, I'm very deep. I, I um, follow NCAA and professional running very, very closely. There's actually a meet um, right as we as we um, are chatting in um, Birmingham. No, I'm not going to watch this one. There's no one, like, huge for me in it. There's this one British girl named Keely Hodginson who's, like, there's, like, an iconic um, battle right now in the World 800 scene between we have this girl, Thing Mo, who's so fast and won Olympic gold and world championships for the last two years, and she's, like, truly 19. But then Britain has this girl named Keely who got silver both those years, and she's truly 19. So it's just, like, um, fun to follow that rivalry. And she's the only one I really, truly care about who's in the meet. Because uh, indoors is always kind of, like, it only kind of matters. So it's always kind of, like, whatever. Who cares? But I'm very deep. And I know everything about every runner. Cool. Wow. I love a niche interest. Me too. Yeah. I want more interests. Yeah. That have nothing to well, do with me. Who's your sexual crush of the week? Well, can I do a non-sexual one then first? You can do both. Okay, so my non-sexual one would be Elizabeth Banks. I just had her on my podcast and I saw her film Cocaine Bear. Oh, she was being so funny on your... I saw your clips... Well, I, I really want to see Cocaine Bear, and she was being so funny, and I loved when she, what she said about Charlie's Angels, because I saw that in theaters. Mm. Um, I'm, it, it's fascinating. The whole story with her and Charlie's Angels and, and her sort of like, the studio sort of like throwing her, not under the bus, but sort of like, you know, just being like, you go and deal with like the aftermath of this like supposed failure. Anyway, so fascinating. But I love Cocaine Bear. I think it is so funny. I just think it is such a bizarre film that like the fact that, it got made, and it has this awesome cast in it. It is like, it is exactly what the premise promises. It takes itself just the right amount of seriously. Like, the calibration of tone should really be admired. It's really hard to do what this film is doing tonally, and it succeeds, and then some. So, like, totally go see Cocaine Bear. I feel like Cocaine Bear deserves the hype that, like, Megan has and had. Mm. And not to say like it doesn't have any hype because I think people are pretty hype about Cocaine Bear, but like go see it is what I'm saying here. Okay, so then my sexual yeah. crush, he's not quite on my radar too much, but he popped up on the feed yesterday because I follow his stylist. His name is Adam <laughs> Demos. Demos. He's the star of that show Sex Life on Netflix. Um he's Oh yeah. yeah. Oh with the Life. big fake dick? Yeah, this is him. 
Oh, wait, let me see. I actually was more attracted to the other guy on Sex Life. Ooh, like I, bet I bet you were. I bet you were. Ew, that's so classic. I hate that guy. But, like, I'm definitely vibing. And he's just, I, I like a simple Calvin Klein tank top on a red carpet moment. Oh, if you can this pull guy it off. Is, I, I did watch that. Did you watch that clip of Sex Life where he reveals his big dick? His big prosthetic dick, yeah, I, I have seen it a few times. <laughs> I've happened to see it. Yeah, it yeah, a few I wasn't times that. I was not attracted to this guy on Sex Life yeah. for whatever reason. Do you think I can pull off a Calvin Klein tank top on the red carpet? Um, I think it's worth trying. Yeah, you know what I mean. Okay, it's hard cool. for me to visualize something I haven't seen. I'm gonna try it on the red carpet of your wedding. Great, great. <laughs> <laughs> that show was so crazy. Is that still on? That show was. It just it's had its second season show. premiere. That was what this tank top moment. Oh, was. I'm gonna tune in. Yeah, tune in. I had a, I had a um, my favorite line from season one was um, you know she was like cheating on him, cheating on him, cheating on him, her husband, and then like her husband was like coming home from work and like she was like off cheating on him, and her husband was like leaving her a message. He's like. Honey, I'm I'm on my way home. I picked up Raul's, and he had like a to-go bag. And for some reason, like just something about, like I picked up talk, I picked up Raul's, like felt so written and funny to me. I um, I didn't mean to be rude about the actor who played her husband. I just like the fact that you are attracted to that is so indicative of like where our type split. So I had to totally. Yeah, I don't have like voice. a sophisticated taste when it comes to like hotness. Like I I go after like Shawn Mendes. Like I don't have like a high For caliber sure. of like a nicely cured. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to Raul's. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cheesecake Factory. Cheesecake Factory totally. is fucking amazing. Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get him started. Don't get, us, um, don't get her started. My crush. No, I want a sexual one. Yeah, no, it's a sexual. sexual. My non-sexual one would have to be um <laughs> I already kind of said but, but Bonnie Milligan and Kimberly Akimbo, Michaela Diamond and Ben Platt in Parade. They were just it's so amazing to watch performers like that. Just give it their all. I had full body chills. Now a sexual crush. I haven't really been horny this week if I'm being honest. To be fair. To be fair. Oh. Yeah, I don't I did just watch the Casa More reveal in the most recent season of Love Island, but I won't spoil it. Oh, I've kind of fallen off because now I'm doing. It gets um, really I kind of juicy. It gets juicy. I kind of got started on UK and Australia traders, so now I'm like going back. UK and traders is now. so good. Superior franchise. I love Andrea. So I, good. I, I wait, wait, don't say anything. I'm only like truly two episodes. In. I okay. haven't watched the US one though, Evan. Did you like it? I liked it. I would say the US is a B minus. I would say the UK is an A plus. It's A plus. Oh. Wait, um, well, you have... keep your eye on Andrea. That's all I'm saying. That's not a spoiler. Okay. I can't even picture I mean, like you right couldn't. The, well, the, 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 the thing about the traitor. Oh, I love Andrea. Do I you? think that. Um, Took you a moment. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the names of anyone ever. I um, know her name. Say, say her name. <laughs> say her name. I will say that, like, the Traders does do a thing where it starts with like seventy people, and so for the first I eight, get that. Like eight episodes, eight episodes in, you're seeing someone you've never seen in your life before. You guys know them pretty quickly. The okay, but like, so to me, like one of the fundamental divides between these franchises happens in the first episode because, in to your point about like this overwhelmingly like robust cast in the first episode of UK, this isn't a spoiler. Um, immediately, no. icon Claudia yes. Winkleman sends two people home yeah. before the game even begins, which is so satisfying. Yeah. Both because it's shocking and it's also like okay thank you we're like trimming some fat early on what with the u.s i was like oh i'm so eager to see like how much they're going to replicate the uk format Mm -hmm. interestingly enough the u.s filmed before the uk despite the fact that the uk aired already so and the u.s does not do this twist all 20 of them play the game 
And I think that just sort of shows you that like UK takes some bigger swings. Uh, Pat? Yeah, they're not okay, afraid. But I'll say, yeah, so everyone's calling at me. I raised my hand. I will say <laughs> that one way that US avoids this chap of not knowing who anyone is at any point in the show is that they do have half the cast be people we already know. I mean, I knew half the cast coming in, so I don't need to get to know Kate know Chastain. Them. I don't need to get to know Rachel Riley. I know those girls. I've known them since I was the day I was born. But um, with UK, it's a little different. I also think the I I don't know the host of UK before any before watching it, but I love her, and she is giving to me like I, don't, I forget if you're are you Housewives of mm-hmm. She's giving to me like <clears throat> it's like Parent Trap with Cindy Barship, where like. American and British, like, separated at birth, mm-hmm. like, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's like Cindy Barshop with, like, some <clears throat> Carlton energy, like, about it, too. Totally. There's, like, a little bit of witchiness, they both, yeah. Yes, but Cindy and her both, like, go for the Joan Jett moment. Totally, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Now, let me ask you all this. Do you feel hot today? No. I don't feel hot. I feel really tired still. Like, yeah. I got so behind on sleep, and I, I just still am not recovered, and I keep eating chocolate chip cookies against my will. <laughs> I'm going to feel hot, like, as the day progresses, though. I feel like a turning, like, the axis is going to, does the axis You know, it's turn snowing. Something. It's snowing. Well, actually, it stopped. Is it stop snowing? That's sad. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Erica I, um... Jane's, like, fantasies have become a reality. It's snowing. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a clip of myself in something that I was acting in and it made me want full face surgery. So I'm still recovering from that. Um, yeah. And I, 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 I saw it and I was like, oh, I get why people get face surgery. Like I'm wanting to get it. Yeah. So I mean, I if you can get, if it's done well, then like, I mean, Melissa yeah. Gorga is sort of the blueprint of like, you can 1, do a lot. Like percent. art happens on the face. It's really cool to see. We'll it's see cool. where my face and body take me as I transcend deeper into my thirties. But, um, I do. I actually feel hot today because I'm kind of rocking a two-day-old blowout, which always like suits me. Um, and our final question, and this for me is so loaded, where it's like, "Are you mad at me? Are you guys mad at me after everything that happened?" We've never had a pause that long in our podcast. We- <laughs> <laughs> um, this is crazy. Don't edit that out, Allison. <laughs> Please. Am I mad at you? Yeah, I have. I had to think about it. I will admit, I'm landing yeah, on. Of course, no. Okay, okay. But the pause really was reassuring. pointed for a reason. Yeah, totally. I don't and blame that's you. Um, I'm writing it down. What about you, Catherine? Are you mad at me? Well, we kind of. No, I actually feel like so proud of you in this moment. Cause I think young Pat would have just been like, "Okay, well, we're not doing it." But the fact that you, out of nothing, were able to create um, a Zoom link. The generative power took, felt intoxicating. You took that initiative, but um, Evan, are you mad at me? Because I, even though I, it wasn't me who was texting, I did have a, I was involved, and I am, for better or for worse, forever entwined with my podcast partner. No, I feel like by so it's. Can I say what time it is right now? Are you guys like a time, yeah. time stamp averse? Okay, so it's twelve eighteen on Saturday. I feel like by twelve twenty two, I'll be over it. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's not great. Cool. <laughs> I've heard, honey, I've heard better. <laughs> But thank you for being real with us. And yeah. um, I would say, yeah, where should we, um, where should our listeners find you? Mm, you should tune in to my podcast, Shut Up Evan. Uh, my next guest is Ava Max. And I have a really, it's a really fun oh, interview wow. with Ava Max about, it's like, I feel like she's sort of hard to get to know. And I feel like, I don't feel like I like broke through, but I broke in some secret doors. Yeah, for me, cool. Ava Max, I'm like, is that BB Rexa? Is that, do you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's, they're very well, like. I know, I, 
Dua. I remember when Avery Max Lipa. judged Jack Grace, and then like people love words as weapons. That new single. I'm among them. Um, and then also <laughs> yeah, um, tune into my other podcast, my Survivor podcast, Drop Your Buffs, because for Survivor super fans, we have an interview wow. coming up with Angelina, um, the star of season 37 of Survivor and season two of The White Lotus. She has a cameo in the premiere episode. Oh, oh right. God. And she does not talk do a lot of podcasts she does not talk about survivor a lot and she's doing it for us and we have some other alumni calling in for the episode um so Ooh. it's definitely going to be really major that's juicy oh my god that sounds out. so exciting well we can't thank you enough thank you so much for coming on the pod um i would never tell you to shut up evan to borrow a phrase <laughs> <laughs> i'm laughing um have an amazing saturday tell billy we're sorry tell about, billy, the way, we're sorry. about what we did to your day and yeah. we want to send you you your everyone love and light um and head the headset can come off we can just relax now yeah <sighs> <laughs> if you're boring as fuck seek treatment